Um, so there's a lot of things in life that they're obvious. They don't need a whole lot of explanation. Um, but I went and I did a bunch of research for you this week. And I got, I was looking um, through a bunch of things online, and I found that there are newspapers in our country that think you and I are stupid. And they, they give us um, articles with headings that seem kind of obvious. And so I've got a, a bunch of them here, and I'm just going to read them off for you, okay? Here's the first one. Dead man remains dead. I don't know why you have to put that in the newspaper. Death is nation's top killer. Because something else should be. Homicide victims rarely talk to police. Survey finds fewer deer after hunt. And all the hunters would be like, yeah, that's right. My dad's from northern Wisconsin. He has killed like 19 deer in one year one time for hunting with other people. It's Wisconsin. Fish need water, feds say. The feds finally figured one thing out well. Reason for more bear sightings. More bears. Pretty obvious. Bugs flying around with wings are flying bugs. Yeah, they are. Deaf people focus of fraud. And then it says in the caption there, I tried to warn people and save some of them from investing, but some didn't listen. I know. They probably should have thought before they put that on there. I like this one. Hispanics ace Spanish tests. Yeah. Probably do better than some people. Burglar, an Oak Hill community couple, discovered a thief in their home Saturday after a man told a joke and heard a laugh upstairs. That's when you know you got a good joke, everybody. Burglar's laughing at it. Close look at dating. Find men choose attractive women. Miracle cure kills fifth patient. Not so miracle, is it? Utah Poison Control Center reminds everyone not to take poison. That's a good reminder. Health officials, pool, diarrhea, not a good mix. Yeah, I agree. State population to double by 2040. Babies to blame. Not their parents. It's babies. Rooms with broken air conditioners are hot. Unless you live in Wisconsin. Not quite as hot. Sun or rain expected today, dark tonight. I don't know where that comes from. Like, it's pretty, pretty obvious. Putting urine in your ear is not recommended to treat sinus infection. Or anything else. Just so you know, don't, don't put urine in your ears. Deputy, cert, strip search finds crack between buttocks. I'm just going to leave that one for you for a second. Most earthquake damage is caused by shaking. As opposed to what? <laughs> right? Governor says New Bay Bridge won't open until it's ready. Well, thank you, Governor. We appreciate that. So these are like obvious headlines. But there's, every now and then you'll come across one that you're like, that, that's not quite as obvious. Don't, I'm not quite getting that one. This is like the understatement of the year. This one says, worker suffers leg pain after Crane drops 800-pound ball on his head. Maybe you should check his head, not his legs. Just an idea. This is probably my favorite one. Bridge closure date. Thursday or October. So one of the two. So I look at these last two and I'm like, those just don't seem as obvious to me. Like, okay, does this guy have leg pain because an 800-pound ball dropped on his head and he's like dead and it's just pain everywhere? Or when the ball dropped on his head, did his leg kind of buckle under and that's why like, the leg hurts more than the head? I don't know. 
This one. Is it going to close on Thursday? Is it going to close in October? Is it going to close on a Thursday in October? So much mystery. But in life, there's a lot of things that just, there's not much mystery. Except for when it comes to our faith. Our faith tends to kind of be one of those things that there's just mystery. We, we believe in a God that we cannot even see. So from that standpoint alone, we are like shrouded in mystery. But all that mystery can go away if we can actually see the person that it is that we believe is God. If we can get to know who that, who that being is. And so this morning, we're, we're closing up our, our series on Battle Ready. And I think it's, it's really fitting that this is what we're talking about this morning. This discussion about this mystery that we find in what we believe. Because I think the greatest battle in, in all of this spiritual battle that we live in, it's this battle of, what do I believe? How, how can I continue to believe it? When, when difficult things come around, there, there's just this mystery in this spiritual life that we live. And so in Ephesians chapter 6, uh, Paul, he, Paul has just gotten done talking about the, the armor of God. And the last few weeks we've been talking through the armor of God, things like uh, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the sword of the spirit. He's talking about all these tools that we have at, at our disposal in this spiritual battle that we face. But then he brings up, I think, the biggest part of this battle, and it's, he's talking about knowing the mystery of this gospel. So this is what he says in Ephesians 6, uh, verses 19 and 20. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. See, that's what the armor of God is really all about for us. The armor of God is there for us to help make known the mystery of this gospel. And Paul's not saying that for him that there's any mystery in the gospel. Paul knows, Paul knows what the mystery of the gospel is. But the whole idea of us having this armor of God, it's so that we can make known the mystery of the gospel. Paul's entire intent is to make known what he knows about the gospel to those for whom it still is a mystery. So let's go back and let's just kind of look at, okay, what does the word gospel really mean again? And if you've been around church very much in your life, you know that the gospel means good news. But the problem for for Paul, back when he was a little bit younger, back when his name was actually Saul, the good news to this guy named Saul, it it didn't have anything to do about this guy named Jesus. The good news to him was that he could follow a bunch of rules and he was going to be right with God. There was just rule after rule after rule after rule. And if he did it right, if he followed those rules, he held in his hands the ability to understand and know God and who he was by following rules. And so one day this guy, Saul, he's, he's traveling down this road to a city named Damascus. And he's got a bunch of companions with him. And if you know the story, what happens is he encounters Jesus when he's on this road. Crazy thing for, for Paul is Paul's thinking that that Jesus had died quite a while ago. But he's on this road, and this bright light shines, and, and Jesus encounters him. And he's like, hey, Paul, you're going to go to the city. You're going to be blind for a little while. You're going to go to the city, and you're going to go and talk to who I tell you to go talk to. So that's what Paul does. He goes to the city. Jesus kind of directs him to these other Christians. And what happens from there is he begins to believe in this 
God who came to the world. And a person named Jesus. But, but this guy Saul, he had been going to Damascus with the intent of executing other Christians. Because they weren't doing what they were supposed to be doing. See, for, for Saul, everything was about the doing. Doing things right. And all of a sudden, when he got to Damascus, everything got flipped on its head for him. Everything got changed. And he started to begin to preach this Jesus as being the Son of God. Before all this took place, Saul thought that he knew everything. He thought that, man, if I just, if I just follow the rules. See, he had been taught by some of the, the best religious leaders, some of the best Pharisees of the day. and They told him all the rules that he needed to learn. And there's something for a lot of us that feels right about being a rule follower. Following rules, it's, it's like it tells us that, man, I've, I'm making myself worthy of getting everything that I'm going to get in return. How many of you out there are rule followers? Anybody in this room? My wife and me grew up as rule followers. I've kind of walked away from it. I don't really follow any rules anymore. No. But that's our nature. We're rule followers. And we've Either fortunately or unfortunately, we're raising kids who, because I think that's what we're like, they're rule followers too. Uh, and a few weeks back, my, one of my daughters, uh, she was given an assignment. And a lot of the, the kids, they get this assignment that you have to read 20 minutes every night. And part of that assignment is to read, and then your parents sign on in this book saying that you read. Well, my daughter, she, she's a little bit like I was. I used to hate reading when I was a kid. And so she's just like, I don't I don't want to read. And so she didn't read that night. And so her mother and I were like, well, we can't sign the book. And that was not acceptable. It was a tough night. There was a lot of crying that took place. There was not a, there was sleep wasn't coming the way that it normally does. Getting up in the morning, there was a lot of apprehension. Getting into school, it was difficult. And about nine, maybe nine o'clock, 9.30 in the morning, her teacher Give, sends me a text, which I thought was kind of cool, just that alone. But she was just like, you know, your, your daughter's just kind of struggling today. And I, I was like, yeah, I kind of figured. <laughs> and I just kind of gave her some backstory of what, what happened. And she sent me a text back that I, it was, this teacher just gets it. I love what she texted. This is word for word what she, what she texted me. She said, I think she'll be fine. I didn't even know that she didn't do her reading. Hopefully she will get to know me and understand that she can relax a bit. I'll keep my eyes on her. I'm telling you, that's a teacher who gets it. And what's cool about that is she was, she was essentially saying the same thing that Paul is trying to relay in, this, in these verses, verses 19 and 20 that we read, about the mystery of the gospel. It's this message that, it, man, it is, it's a weight off of everybody's shoulders who is a rule follower. It's a message that it, it's telling us it's more about, it's less about what you do and it's more about the heart that you do it with. It's a message that says, even when the one that you think is looking at you and judging everything that you do, really all he's doing is he's wanting you to see that it's okay to relax. It's okay to relax in his presence. See, my daughter's teacher, I think she was actually living out the mystery of this gospel that we're talking about today. Paul himself, especially when he was named Saul, before he got his name changed, when he became a Christian, when he came to follow Jesus. Paul was a rule follower. 
followed after, there's a, a port, port, part in scripture where he actually says, it's like, I followed the rules better than all of you. I, I did everything to a T that the law says I'm supposed to do. I was perfect. And to him, that's what his gospel was. If he can be perfect, then he's fine. But what happened there is, as he was worrying so much about following all the rules, he didn't develop a heart for people the way that God has a heart for people. Frankly, what, what happened is all these rules made, made Saul out to be this pompous, self-righteous, murderous jerk. And sometimes what I feel like I can be. But then this mystery is make, made clear to Paul. He says in Ephesians chapter 3, he says, Surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. That is the mystery made known to me by revelation, as I have already written briefly. In reading this, then, you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ. This mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and sharers together in the promise of Christ Jesus. See, what, what's happening there is this guy, Paul, he gets what the mystery of the gospel is all about. These people, these Gentiles, that a guy like Saul never would have cared about, would have said that they, they're worth nothing. He's saying even those people have an inheritance just like the Israelites, but it's in the promise of who Jesus is. See, this mystery is all about something that is being given to us. It's not about something that's being earned. And as Christians, we've got to, we've got to realize that. I think a lot of people have a really hard time with the gospel because what they really want is to be given a set of rules to, to live by. It's hard for us to, to hear the gospel because we just want rules. I mean, I love, I, there are times in my life where I've taken notes a lot when I preach. And I love it when, a, when, when in a sermon somebody will preach something and be like, do this and it's going to help you. And I'm like, oh, that's good. i got to write that down. But I want to get more excited about, not about the, hey, do this and you'll be better off. I want to get more excited about the, hey, this is what Jesus did for you. Every time I hear that, I want, to, I want to get excited about it. Man, this is what Jesus did for you. Oh, man, that's so cool. And that should be where my excitement. But we, we look for meat in our sermons. But a lot of times what we don't realize is the meat that we're looking for in sermons is what is the list of do's and don'ts that I can do so that I can be more what God wants me to be. But the meat in the sermon is always what's Jesus done for me. That's what the meat is. And so there's this guy who... Um, who Went to my church when I was growing up, and this guy was um, this guy was just very very strong in his faith. And my dad was a pastor, and um, he liked my dad's sermons. But he, all, I remember that he'd always say his favorite sermons that my dad would preach were the sermons that um, usually like when we'd have a, a guest Sunday, a friend Sunday, and then my dad it was just the whole sermon was is just about Jesus. It's all it was about. It was a gospel, gospel, gospel. And this guy who who knew Jesus forever, he's like, those are my favorite sermons to hear. And now I want you to understand, so this guy, is a, he's a guy of profound faith, probably read and studied scripture more than most people I've ever known. Um, he also had a son, and his son was about my age, and him and I were pretty good friends. His name was Sam. And Sam was a tremendous athlete. This guy, I'm telling you, I'd go to, I'd go to summer Bible camp with him, and we'd play basketball together there. We actually were, played against each other, we were conference opponents in high school, but we'd go to camp, and it was fun because I could throw alley-oops to this guy, and I'm telling you, he'd just come down. He'd bring the ball down here, dunk it behind his head. It was crazy. 
super good athlete. Well, one day, um, his dad and him were out on, the, on Lake Superior, and they were kayaking. It was a beautiful day, gorgeous. And like can happen on the Great Lakes sometimes, all of a sudden a storm came up, and the waters started getting worse and worse and worse. The waves started going crazy. And what happened is my, my friend, he was about 21 or 22 at the time, and he actually fell out of his kayak. And his dad is a tremendous swimmer. He would, he'd wake up in the mornings, and he, he lived on a small lake, and he'd swim across that lake and back. And so uh, this kayak got away from my friend, and so his dad jumped into the water just to, to help him out. And I'm not going to go into everything that happened, but it, long story short, my friend didn't make it that day. And it's the most gut-wrenching story that you'll ever hear anybody tell about when, when this this guy tells a story about my friend Sam. But what's awesome is that my, my friend's dad, he didn't lose his faith that day. In fact, it was the complete opposite. There are so many people that came to know who Jesus is because my friend's dad shared Jesus with them in the, in the heartache of his life. So many people got to know Jesus because of it. One thing that he says to me a lot, and it, I think it's so cool, he's, he's like, I know Sam's in heaven in part because of the experiences with God that he had when he went with you to camp in the summer. So if you ever wonder why I want to take kids to camp so much and why I want you to support it, because life change happens there. But why do I, why do I tell you this story? See, Sam's, Sam's dad is one of the more strong people in his faith of anybody I've ever known. And so it always used to shock me when I was younger. It shocked me that it was the message, the plain gospel message, that was the thing that got his heart moving more than anything. I was always like, why don't you, why don't you want a message that tells you like some new thing that you can do to, just to live on fire for God a little bit more? But it was the message of Jesus every single time that got his heart stirred more than anything else. And eventually, I think I started to figure it out. Sam's dad knew that it was the gospel itself that is absolutely everything. Jesus is the center of what everything in the Bible is about. You know, you hear the term about a church being a gospel-centered church, that, we, that it preaches the gospel. I think when I was younger, I used to think, well, that means you're preaching through the Bible. You're always preaching out of the Bible. But it's more than that. I think you can actually preach out of the Bible, and you can leave the gospel somewhere off to the side. But preaching the gospel, knowing the gospel, it means that every part of, the, of Scripture that we look at, we see the story of Jesus in it. And that that's the thing that excites us more than anything else. Even looking back into the Old Testament, everything, Jesus is in all of it. And by the way, I'm just going to throw this out there. There's a little children's book called the Jesus Storybook Bible. Get it. And read it with your kids. Because it is about the gospel. Oh, that's just... That was actually free. I didn't even have that anywhere in my notes. So, <laughs> Jesus is absolutely everything. Every bit of wisdom that we possibly can find doesn't come from what a preacher can find in Scripture and bring out some awesome insight. It comes from the gospel. It comes from the good news about what Jesus has done for us on the cross. See, me having a relationship with Jesus, that's the thing that's going to want going to get me to want to actually live the way that he wants me to. It's not him telling me a bunch of rules that's going to be the thing that's going to get me to want to live like Jesus. See, knowledge of God, it beats knowing God's rules and best practices every time. I don't want you to get confused with what I'm saying, though. 
Like, there are best practices that we should live out as Christians. There are rules that we probably should live out as Christians. But without the grace of Jesus attached to those things, what happens is we can become, as Christians, we can become a bunch of well-behaved, rule-following, Bible-verse-knowing people who don't know how to love the people around them. It's not knowing the rules that matters. It's actually knowing Jesus that's the thing that matters for us. C.S. Lewis says in his book, Weight of Glory, he says, we may come to love knowledge or knowing more than the thing known. That's what I don't want to become. I don't want to get so much into, man, I, I know this about Scripture, and I know, I, I know all these insights. I've got all these insights, but I don't know the one that I'm actually supposed to be loving. And what happens, there's a scary thing that happens when that becomes, when we love the when we love all the things rather than the one that we're supposed to be loving. What happens is we become like Saul, not like Paul. We tell people that they're so bad because of the stuff that you're doing. As Christians, we, sometimes we do so good at picking out all the sins. You know, don't, don't lie, don't cheat, don't have sex before marriage, don't, abortion's the worst thing in the world, and all those things. And, and, then, and, and what we do is we, we treat these people like they're nothing, like they're scum of the earth. But what we fail to see is that we fail to see that Jesus befriended the people who are the worst of the sinners and who are the ones that were the outcasts. See, it's not the religious people that need the gospel. It's not the religious people that need good news because religious people, their good news is, I know the rules and I follow them. It makes me a good person. But I'm telling you, the way that Jesus did it he went after the people who were not religious, who needed the good news, and what happened was, it was the good news that changed the way that they lived. Good news actually changes the way that we live. The rule followers, they didn't care about what, they didn't care about what Jesus actually cared about. The religious leaders, they didn't, they didn't care. But the worst of the worst, those are the people that clung to the gospel. And that is why there is so much mystery in the gospel. It only has an effect on the people who realize that they're never going to get anywhere in this life in their relationship with God unless it's Jesus taking them there. And I think that's what my, I think that's what my friend Sam, I think that's what his dad understood. The thing that brought the prostitute and the tax collector into a place where they started to live more the way that Jesus wanted them to live, it wasn't Jesus coming and telling them rules. Jesus could have told them all the rules, but the first thing Jesus did is he, told, he showed them love and he gave them the good news. That is what changed their behavior. And I think about my, my daughter's t teacher. I think about my daughter who doesn't really like to read right now. And right now she's going, man, my teacher is okay with me even on the days where I don't come having read my 20 minutes. Somewhere in there, instead of, so if, if, if her teacher was like, you need to keep reading, you need to read, man, she just, every day it would, it would weigh on her more and more and more. And I think the reading would become more and more like, yeah, I don't, I don't want to do this. But the more that her teacher says, you're okay, you're okay, just try it. I think my daughter is going to start to go, eh, maybe I'll just read just because I want to please my teacher who, who actually cares about me. That's the good news right there. It's not about the rules. It's about the one who's making the rules. It's a story of a person. That's what the gospel's all about. It's a story of a person.
It's the story of one who's, who's done everything that you and I are incapable of doing. It's the story of total surrender, and that's what we hate about the gospel. Because if, if it's okay, if people can just give me rules that I can live by, that's easy for me. I don't have to, my heart doesn't have to actually change. But if it's that I have to surrender completely to this God who loves me unconditionally, that can, that's actually more difficult sometimes. The gospel pushes me to see myself as the worst of sinners. The gospel puts Jesus at the center of everything, and it puts me kind of at the back of the line. So this mystery of the gospel, I think that there's a lot of things that we see in this mystery of the gospel. Mystery of the gospel is that you have nothing to do with your own salvation. It's a gift of grace from God. The mystery of the gospel is that it's not something that you were born into. It's that Jesus died for all so that all might be equal in finding God's acceptance. The mystery of the gospel is not found in the law. It's not knowing what to do and what not to do. The mystery of the gospel is that grace, it's, it's grace that exceeds all understanding and all reason. The mystery of the gospel is not loving someone because you're told that it's the right thing to do. It's loving someone because you grasp how far and how deep and how wide Jesus' love for you is. The mystery of the gospel changes our hearts from following a set of do's and don'ts to actually following the person of Jesus. Frankly, I have known far too many Christians in my life, and I have been one of them myself far too many times, who care more about doing all the right things and have zero care for people in their heart. Just last night, I went to Walgreens. I was printing out some pictures, and let me just tell you, you ever go to Walgreens and everything that can go wrong with your stop at Walgreens, it, it goes wrong? It went wrong. I couldn't get my pictures because we needed to have a release from the professional picture who took the pictures, and I couldn't find that, and Crystal couldn't find it and send it to me. One of the pictures that was supposed to be printed off, it printed off with all streaks, and I was just mad. I tried calling Crystal like three times, couldn't get through to her. Finally, I, did, I went to find my iPhone, and I just rang that thing really loud so she would find her phone, and then she picked up the phone, and I called her. It was awesome. But I'm going to tell you what, I was not super patient or gracious with the person that was trying to work with me at Walgreens. And when I got home, I was like, I got to go back and I, I got to, I'm going to get those pictures, but I also want to go back. My wife's like, you're going back there? And I didn't tell her why. I felt like I needed to be like, yeah, I'm sorry if I was a little impatient with you. <clears throat> we need to not be Christians who are just okay with following after the rules, following the rules, doing the right things. We need to be Christians who care about people. And we all struggle at it at times. That's why Jesus is so great. Because even when we struggle at it, there's grace. The armor of God is, is a great thing for us. But it, it only goes so far in fighting our spiritual battles. We have to understand the mystery of the gospel. We have to understand Jesus. Last thing I want to do is be someone who looks like I'm living for Jesus. I'm doing all the right things, but my heart is far from him. I don't want the gospel to be a mystery to me. I don't want the gospel to be a mystery to other people because I'm trying to tell them that you got to do this and you got to do this and you got to do this. I want them to see that here's what Jesus has done for you. Now, now you can go and do likewise. <clears throat> I think people that can come to know that Jesus, that Jesus who is full of grace for us, people that come to know that gospel, they can come to Jesus looking like a Saul and they can walk away looking like a Paul. And that's the whole idea. 
Uh, Josh, you can come up again here. Got one question for you before we're done here today. What are you more in love with this morning? You know, C.S. Lewis kind of put it, put it this way. Are you more in love with the way that you live your life for God? Are you more in love with the fact that you know about God and you know things about God, the way that we're supposed to be doing things? Or are you more in love with God himself? Do you love people because you're supposed to love people as a Christian, as a thing that you're supposed to do? Or do you love people because you understand so much the grace and love that Jesus has for you that there is nothing more that you can do? It's, it's just the natural outflow of your life that you've got to love people. See, discovering Jesus is always going to bring us to that place where we learn to love people more. Discovering Jesus, discovering the good news that we find in Jesus, as we discover it more, it's going to help us to love people purely, a little bit more the way that Jesus does. Finding more rules is not going to get us there. Finding Jesus gets us there. This morning, are you just sitting there going, you know what? Jesus, I need you to uncover the mystery of your gospel, the mystery of your good news a little bit more. Maybe I think it's too much about the rules, and I'm not in love with you the way that I should be. Uncover that mystery of who you are, Jesus. Why don't you pray with me?